0: Get yes, started He's a shoe. you all the glory, we give you all of the praise.
1: Thank mm-hmm. And we greet each of you in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our strength, and our Redeemer. We thank God for another privilege and opportunity to be able to worship Him in spirit and in truth, the privilege and the opportunity to be able to study His holy word we give God all glory, all honor, and all praise. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are about to finish our most recent topic entitled Going On to Spiritual Maturity. Going On to Spiritual Maturity. Uh, we thank God for this very important and insightful topic. As once If salvation is the most important decision that you will ever make in this life, going on to spiritual maturity is the second most important decision you will ever make in this life. If salvation is the most, because salvation is what gets the ball rolling, the proverbial ball rolling, you cannot go on to spiritual maturity until you are first spiritually reborn. So that is the most important decision that you and I will ever make in this life, to become born again, to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. That's paramount. That is most important. Well, if that's the most important decision going on to spiritual maturity, is the second most important decision. We looked at capital A in our outline. Spiritual maturity can be seen. Ephesians 4.13, 1 Corinthians 3 and 1, capital B. Worry can prevent maturity. So you want to be careful with worry, Luke 8.14, Matthew 6.27. Capital C, maturity changes your views. Spiritual maturity will change your views. In other words, when you mature, you'll begin to look at people, places, and things much differently. Uh, Philippians 3 and 15, 1 Corinthians 2 and 6, capital D, perseverance brings maturity. Understand this is part of the reason or one of the main reasons why God allows you and I to suffer because suffering produces perseverance. And what God understands is that perseverance brings on maturity. It brings on the character of God James chapter 1 we looked at Hebrews uh, 12 and 1 and it brought us down to capital E today standing firm in God's will standing firm in God's will and we looked earlier today at Colossians chapter 4 with a special focus on verse 12, and we want to look this evening at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, from the New International Version, our scripture reads, Paul writes, or the, the, the Spirit says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Once again, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. The Spirit says to us, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will, capital E, in our outline, we should conclude this evening standing firm in God's will. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. We thank you again today, Father, for being who you are. We thank you, Father, that the loss of life and the loss of property during this recent hurricane was not as much as it could have been. We thank you, Father, for the emergency personnel and the first responders, the brave men and women who risk their lives and put their lives on the line in order to rescue and save others. We thank you, Father, for their service. We pray that you continue to bless them and continue to Lift them, continue to replenish them, that your name may be glorified, exalted, and praised. As we study your word this evening, Father, we pray for more illumination, more insight, more revelation. Show us, Father, what we have not seen before. Open blind eyes this evening in the name of Jesus Christ. Remove the veils, remove the scales from our eyes that we may better understand your good, pleasing, and perfect will. And, Father, as you do these things for us, we will be very, very careful to continue to give your name, which is above all other names, all glory, all honor, and all praise. This, our prayer, we offer up in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. let God's people say amen. Capital, we in our outline one. Standing firm in God's will. Now, there are two important two important components when you talk about standing firm in God's will. Two important con uh, concepts that 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 need to be addressed. Number one, before you can stand firm in God's will, you got to get there. You you've got to get there. You've got to get to God's will. And as we examine our select scripture this evening, you're going to see that getting to God's will, there are a lot of things that must be done in order to get to God's will. You don't just fall off. You don't just stumble into God's will. There are there are specific things that must be done, you know, in order to get there. And And number two, you need to, you need, we said number one was what? First of all, you've got to get there. And number two, you need to know what God's will is. You need to know what God's now. Now, the adversary is going to work very hard to try and keep you and I from getting there in the first place. And then number two, the adversary is going to work very hard to keep you and I from knowing when we are there that that is much in line with the work of the adversary when it comes down to salvation. Understand that salvation is is God's good pleasing and perfect will. What the adversary's first thing is to try to keep you from salvation. He's working very hard. If you're not saved out there under the sound of my voice, you are working hand in hand with the adversary, with the devil because that's what he wants to do in humanity. That's what he wants to do to people is keep them from being saved, keep them from reestablishing the proper relationship with their creator through and by uh, the proper relationship with God's only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Well, uh, we understand that. But number two, you want to understand that once you get Saved. And once you get in the proper place with God, the adversary's thing is now to try and convince you and I that we're not there. Remember, Adam was perfect. He was in a perfect environment, had a perfect wife, had, everything was perfect. Everything, everything. adversary tried to come in and convince him that he was lacking something. So the adversary is still working on you and I, child of God. Even though we are saved, even though we are sanctified, even though we are born again, he wants to try to bring in doubt. He wants to bring try to bring in unbelief. He wants to try to bring And this is why God wants you and I to stand firm in his good pleasing and perfect will. As we look at Romans chapter 12 verse 2, we see a very important command to the body of Christ. And this command is for you and I not to conform any longer to the, with the pattern of this world. Now, the reason why God tells us not to conform any longer to the pattern of this world is because the pattern of this world is a pattern of rebellion. It is a pattern of lawlessness it is a pattern of doing things that is contrary to what we're going to see at the end of of our select scriptures which is the good pleasing and perfect will of God. We are instructed not to conform. Now, 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 you know, you look at the news today, you see unrest in many countries right here in the United States, you've got all kinds of protests, you've got all kinds of uh, individuals that are not agreeing with certain things and rallies and all kind of things. Well, because what you've got is you've got a lot of individuals that are trying not to conform. Now, what you want to understand about conformity is if you're not careful, you can find yourself n- not conforming to what God wants you to conform to. God is not saying for us not to conform to righteousness. He's not saying for us not to conform to Uh, uh, or obedience and submission to authorities. But God is telling us not to conform to the pattern of this world, to sin. He's telling us not to conform with that that is is, uh, contrary or against how God wants things done. God wants us to conform to the Holy Spirit. God wants us to conform to the Word of God. God wants us to conform to the good pleasing the good pleasing and perfect will of God. So God is saying, look, you, you need to know what you are fighting against. Because the adversary thing is to try and have you and I fighting against what we should be fighting for. Coming against what we should be uh standing for. Pushing against what we should be pushing for. Wouldn't it be a terrible thing to find out at the end of the day that you were fighting against God? Wouldn't that be a terrible revelation? To find? And that's what, in essence, this is one of the reasons why the Apostle Paul thanked God so much. Because he was convinced, the adversary had him convinced that he ought to do all that was possible to come against Christianity, to come against the, the church, to come against the name of Jesus Christ. And it took a revelation from God to let him to know that, that you are fighting against God himself. In fact, Jesus, one of the first things Jesus asked him on the Damascus road was, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why are you fighting against me? Some of you all out there under the sound of my voice, you're going to find out at the end of the day you've been fighting against God. You've been fighting against his program. You've been fighting against his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You've been fighting against what he's trying to put together. You've been kicking against it, Justice Archie. That's not what we want to find out. Later, we want to find that out early so that we can make the necessary, what? Adjustments. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Now, what you want to understand under the sound of my voice is that every day you are being transformed. Every day I am being transformed. The question is, what direction are you being transformed to? Are you transforming more into the image and likeness of God's only begotten son? Or are you being transformed more into the image and likeness of the devil? God wants us to be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Now, the only, way that, the only way that that takes place, or that takes place basically in two ways. Our transformation into, into the, the character of Christ takes place in basically one of two ways. Number one, we have to get the spirit of God. In other words, we have to be born again. But then number two, once we get the spirit of God, our transformation does not take place with more spirit of God, because God has already filled us with his spirit. But rather, our transformation now takes place, now that we are born again, through the mind of Christ. The Bible tells us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Understand, child of God, you're not getting any more Holy Spirit. If you are saved out there under the sound of my voice, if you are born again, you are already filled with the Holy Spirit. We are filled as children of God with the Holy Spirit. So our change does not complete, come, take place with the Holy Spirit that's in us because he's already mature. He's already complete. He's already God in us. But now the change takes place in our soul or in our mind, us being in agreement with what the Spirit of God is saying. In other words, the you in you falling under agreement with the God in you. The me in me falling under agreement or falling under subjection or falling into submission to the God in me. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So your transformation, child of God, my transformation is one. And this is why we've got to constantly work on our minds. This is why we have to be very careful with our minds because that is where our transformation will take place either for the good or for the bad either for the positive or for the negative once we allow god to transform our mind now now one of the deacons contacted me a little bit earlier and he and i were talking you know he's african-american just like like i i am and we were talking about some of the problems and issues that 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 many of us as african-americans are. Involved in and dealing with and even causing, I told him. I said, "Man, look. I said I'm gonna be honest with you. I said if I was white, you you all would have a hard time c- keeping me from a complete genocide." I was like, "I'm serious, man. With the stuff we doing, as, and, and the way we behaving and the way we acting." And I told him, I said, "Look, I, you know, I've had an opportunity to visit various African countries, various African nations. I, I look at what we doing over here as, as African Americans." And I say, if there was ever a people, not that anybody doesn't need the spirit of God or the mind of God, all humanity needs, but I told him, I said, if there was ever a people that needed the mind of Christ, it's us as black folk. We just need that. You you wonder, if you wonder out there, whether you're black or white, what in the world is black folk? We need the mind of Christ. We need the mind. Not that anybody doesn't. Don't get me wrong. But we need the mind of Christ. Because one of the things that's happening is that there, there are spiritual forces at work that are, that are putting pressure on blacks to conform to a, a, a pattern of humanity that is very far from what God wants. Look, remember what we just went over, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. This is why you see so many of our young people, you let one of them do something real, real stupid, then a lot of times you look up and a whole flock of them is doing something stupid. I'd be all in other countries around the world, in Africa and different things, and I'd be seeing young men running around with their pants pulled down, and in my mind I'd be like, of all the things that you're going to pluck from our culture or from from our, our nation, that, that. So you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? We, as, as children of God, as children of the light, we have to be part of the breakers of the world's pattern. We have to be part of the breakers. Just like I think at Greek weddings, after somebody gets married, they just start throwing down plates and, and, and dishes. They just start busting up plates and dishes. We've got to be willing. We've got to be sh- strong enough courageous enough you know firm enough in the will of God to break many of the the patterns you know as as African American parents we have to be we have to be willing to break patterns nonsensical, foolish, idiotic patterns that many of our young people uh, are falling into. As parents, we have, to be, we have to be willing to break that, to stand against that, to, to stand against that strong and firm uh, uh, with the, the, the word of God as our shield and our buckler. Because it's, it's, it's dangerous to be a young black person nowadays. It's dangerous, you know pattern many of us don't understand that the pattern of rebelling against police and rebelling against authority when we pull many of us don't understand it that, that that you're playing with your life. that pattern needs to be broken in our culture, in our society, in our generation, especially as african americans that's, that's a pattern that's a pattern of, of that's a crazy pattern a stupid pattern. We don't have to listen to the police. We don't have to do what they say. That's a crazy pattern. And what we need is a renewed mind. It's not about thinking like white folk. It's not about thinking like uh, uh, black folk. It's not about thinking like rich folk. It's not about thinking like poor folk. It's about thinking like God. The only way you can think like God is you got to hear from God. The re- listen, the reason why any of us think like we do anyway is because we have heard something. Why you think that there's a certain way that a lot of black folk think? Why? Because there's certain things that black folk be hearing. There's a certain way that white folk be thinking. Why? Because there be certain things that white folk have heard. I'm not talking about thinking like white folk. I'm not talking about thinking like black folk. I'm not talking about thinking like rich. there's a reason why rich folk they they do certain things they do because they have heard certain things. Well, there's a reason why a lot of times poor folk. Do certain things they do because they have heard certain things. The reason why you think the way you do is because of what you have heard. Somewhere, because of of the voices that have spoken into your heart and into your mind. So if you want to change what, what, what you are getting out of a people or change what you are getting out of a group, there has to be a change in the way that group thinks. When I first went into North Carolina High School, they were losing in just about every sport. Every sport was getting smoked. Everybody was getting beaten everything. and everything. And I remember coming in fresh out of college and listening to some of the coaches that were there, their stomachs all hanging all out, poked all out, and they talking about what we don't have, what we can't do. And I immediately started separating myself from them. I was like, man, I can't keep listening to this because what I see here is I see championships. I see championships. That's why. So I, I couldn't listen to that. I couldn't keep. It was like David when he got to the battlefield. He couldn't keep listening to that Goliath was talking about, because he knew that there was the voice that had been speaking in him was saying a different thing. And what we got to understand, uh, children of God, is that we got to have a voice that's speaking in us that's saying a different thing from our generation. As I. Americans, we got to have a different voice that's speaking in us than the voice of uh, thugs or the voice of rappers or the voice of whoever that group is that's telling us to kick against and rebel. We got to the voice that's speaking in us got to be saying a different thing, and we got to be willing to, to act on that different voice. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. God saying, listen, let a different voice speak into your mind. Let the right voice speak into your mind. Let the right voice speak into your marriage. Let the right voice speak into your family. Let the right I can't, Let's keep listening that day. Let the right voice speak into your church. God says, Then you will be able. So letting the right voice speak into your heart or mind will enable you to do some things. Reason why some of us can't do some things, we just can't do it. We haven't let the right voice speaking to. Why was it the other soldiers in the in the Israelite army couldn't kill Goliath? Cause they were listening to the wrong voices. Listening to Goliath, who had them dismayed and terrified. Listening to one another. He, he, you listening to somebody that's scared. Hey, well, is it any wonder that soon you be scared too? And, ah! God says, then you will be able. Then, when you let the right voice, when you let the right spirit, when you let the right words, this is why the early saints devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. No, we're not going to devote ourselves to the Pharisees. We're not going to devote ourselves to the Sadducees. We're not going to devote ourselves to the teachers of the law. We're going to devote ourselves to these men that we believe have had a personal encounter with the God of creation. We're going to to sit right here and we're going to listen to these men who we believe have experienced a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ himself. We're going to devote ourselves to the apostles' doctrine. Why? So that some of that voice that has been speaking into them will now begin to speak into our hearts and our minds. And the same way that they were transformed, the same way Peter has, because we remember when Peter was scared, we remember when Peter was, was was denying Christ, and we remember when these disciples were were. Dead, but now we are seeing different things coming up out of these men. The early saints said, what we're going to do is we're going to sit right down, and we're going to listen to the same voice that they've been listening to. That's what happened with David after he killed Goliath. Well, nobody trying to hear what David had to say before he killed Goliath. After David killed Goliath, people started looking at him differently. They went down to the cave of Adulam. And he became their leader, about 400 men who were in debt, discontented, and distressed. They went down, and what they did is they started listening to the voice that had been speaking to him. In essence, what they said is, look, we need some of the voice that's been speaking to you, David. Let us hear some of that voice. Let us hear some of that voice. To produce that kind of courage, that produced that kind of courage in in you, let us hear some of that voice. That produced that kind of faith in you, let us hear some of that voice. that produce that kind of trust in God that you have, baby. let us hear some of that kind of voice. Understand out there in the sound of my voice. You will be held responsible for the voices you have allowed to speak into your heart and mind. You. God has already told you in Proverbs, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Now you out there, you're going to let some craziness in your heart. God says, I'm holding you responsible. You're going to move, you take a child molester, somebody that's a convicted child molester, you're going to move them into your children's room and let them sleep on the top bunk? You're going to be that crazy parent? You're responsible. Come on, let's close this message. Then God says, so God says, look, as you allow the right words into your heart, into your mind, there will be an enablement. God says, then you will be able. When you let the right words, when you let the right thoughts, when you let the right doctrine, when you let the then you will be able to test and approve. God said, look, I'm so sure about what I'm dishing out that I know that once you test it, you're gonna approve of it. But I like a good cook. Good cook, when they know when you know you can cook, you about to know that if if, if the family get a bowl of that right there, they gonna want some more. Come on now, good cook, good cook, guys. I, I, I know my, I know my stuff now. All right, you know, cook. You know you don't cook some good macaroni and cheese, or you know you don't cook some some good. You don't season that meat just right. You call people in and say, look. Come taste this right here. You already know in the back of your mind. When he get up, when he get a spoonful of this right here, I might as well go on and make him a plate because he gonna want some more. God said, look, when you test what I'm dishing out, Big God said when you test what I'm cooking up, I know what you're gonna do. You're going to test it, and you're going to prove, you're going to prove. And that's why the adversary don't want you and I to test it. Because the adversary know that what God is dishing out is good. He had a taste of it. He just forfeited it and messed it up. He know that what God is dishing out is good. Adversary been in two kingdoms. He done been in the kingdom of light. Now he's in the kingdom of darkness. If somebody could squeeze the truth out of him, he'd tell you, Man, kingdom of light is a whole lot better than this mess over here. You out there in the sound of my voice. Me, we've been in two kingdoms as children of God. Come on now, let's talk. We're family. You out there saved, sanctified, you've been in two kingdoms. Now, you. <laughs> If somebody squeezed the truth out of you, you ought to be able to tell anybody that, look, the kingdom of light is a whole lot better than the kingdom of darkness. You ought to be able to tell anybody that salvation is a whole lot better than unsalvation. Ask the prodigal son, the one that went away, threw away his father's, threw away his inheritance, did all kind of crazy stuff. He, at, at the end of the day, when he came to his senses, he, I bet anybody, he could have told anybody, look, man, things back there with that. Was a whole lot better than this craziness I had going out here. Let us test and approve what God's will is. So when we're talking about standing firm, God wants to stand firm. When you have really tested of God's will, you, when you have really tested, you'll stand firm in it because you know it's a whole lot better than that other craziness that's out there. Test and approve what God's will is. Watch this. His good, pleasing. God's will is good. God's will is pleasing. But you got to test it. Can't keep believing the adversaries' lies and the children of darkness' lies, who are doing all they can to try to keep you out of God's will. God's will is good. God's will is pleasing, and God's will is perfect. When you get there, child of God, you know you will understand the importance of standing firm in God's will. When you don't when you've really had you a taste of the craziness that's out there and then you've really had you a taste of God's good, pleasing and perfect will, yeah, you know, something is wrong with you if you want to leave God's good, pleasing and perfect will to go back out to that craziness. Something's wrong with you. Let us stand firm in God's will.
0: You can reach us through email at thechristnasearnchurch at gmail.com. Check our website, wwwchurchcom backslash member, backslash t, backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe's precast YouTube and iTunes at 9, 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and enter ID 17959. On precast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our Talkshoe
1: homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: 18 plus.